Hi, and welcome to this episode of Sass and Sips, where every week we will be discussing and dissecting an episode of Lost in order. Today's episode is Dave, and we are your hosts. I'm Lisa. And I'm Magnus. What are you drinking today? I am drinking Stella Rosa. (laughs) She had fancy. (laughs) (laughs) So... I don't know if you realize this. Every time you say we were discussing and dissecting each episode in order, I keep thinking like, well, no shit. Like, are we gonna, <laughs> are we gonna do like episode twelve from season four and then move to season six to go back to I season know. one? <laughs> I was I just still think thinking that that might be fun <laughs> just to throw a wrench in it, but I I have no idea like what episode. Either get me really, really into it or just throw my hands and say, fuck this, I'm I, done. <laughs> actually, I have an episode that I was thinking about, it, it, but it's from season three, so it's not, like, that far away. But by lost time, it might as well be seven epi- seven seasons ahead. That's lost true. Because lost is so fucking confusing. Uh-huh. I am drinking vodka and soda in a Jameson cup. It's not whiskey. It's vodka, but... It's a little, it's like a cute little beaker-sized mason jar. Anything you want to say before we jump in? Well, it had nothing to do with the fake president. I tell <laughs> it did I, mean, not. I knew it didn't, but still. <laughs> <laughs> but that still was funny. <laughs> but I told you, it was going to be Hurley, so there's, there's got to be an episode... I don't know. I'm gonna forget it. This doesn't make sense. I'm, I'll shut up now. <laughs> okay. I'm glad you said it. I'm sorry. <laughs> Whatever. You know what? Now I double down, okay? Hurley is gonna be the president of Lost Island, and... You said that last week. I know, and I said I was doubling down, and uh, I'm just trying to look for a way to make that make sense. <laughs> Flashbacks? Ready? I'm ready. I'm ready. In a meeting, Hurley's doctor at Santa Rosa Mental Health Institute, Dr. Brooks, checks on his eating habits. When Brooks mentions his mom, Hurley says that he is not mad at her anymore for signing him in. Brooks also reveals that Hurley has been there for almost two months and says that it's time they start to get their hands dirty. They start with discussing Hurley's homework of making a list of things he likes about himself. And end arguing about another patient, Dave, whom Brooks thinks is a bad influence on Hurley for encouraging him not to take the task. Hurley, however, rejects his opinion and declares Dave as the most normal person around. Next, at a basketball game in the hospital, Dave tries to get the ball but is continuously unsuccessful. Hurley arrives and talks about his meeting, but Dave distracts him with thoughts of food and taco night. Uh, Dave could be my friend. Right. <laughs> Later, Hurley is beaten at a Connect Four game by Leonard Sims, whom he mocks with Dave for continuously repeating the numbers 4, 8, 15, 16, 23, 42. Hurley then proceeds to eat his diet celery. I know. It, it sounds like diet celery. Like, like right, like this fat-free <laughs> fat celery, full-fat celery. Okay, let me just read that again. Hurley then proceeds to eat his celery, but Dave dares him to take one of Leonard's graham crackers, 
which Hurley eventually does. The nurse then gives him his medication, clonazepam, which Dave advises him not to swallow. Dr. Brooks arrives and talks to Dave and Hurley before taking a picture of them. After he leaves, Hurley shows Dave the pills kept in his mouth. In another meeting, Hurley reads his list of good points to Dr. Brooks. And when Brooks mentions that he did not write about the way he looks, Hurley starts to talk about the accident. Apparently, he walked onto a deck and it collapsed soon after, with two people killed, leading Hurley to think it was his weight that caused it. Brooks, however, says that it wasn't his fault since there were already 23 people on it, while it was only built to hold eight, and 23 and eight being two of the numbers. He also reveals that after the incident, Hurley was in a catatonic state, in which he stopped talking, going out, and even sleeping. However, he never stopped eating, which was the way he chose to punish himself. Enraged, Hurley says that his friend Dave was right about Brooks being a quack, to which Brooks shows him the picture he had taken earlier. To Hurley's surprise, Dave does not appear in the picture, since Dave, as Brooks revealed, is only a figment of Hurley's imagination. Later that night, Dave wakes Hurley up to escape with him. At the last moment, Hurley confronts Dave and declares that he isn't real and refuses to follow him. In an act of bravery, Hurley then locks Dave outside the institute and goes back to bed. I'm going to wait for the last flashback. Okay. I just know when I saw him and I seriously Dave, all like from that moment to the end of the episode, all I can patch, all I can imagine him sitting naked on Charlotte's white couch. <laughs> I, I knew that was coming. I knew it. <laughs> and I do. And I loved him as I loved that character. I love the way he loved Charlotte. I loved him. He was a great character. I, I even like Dave now, even though he wasn't real. But all I could see is naked guy sitting on her white couch. <laughs> Did you catch on that he was um, imaginary or were you like, or was it like a surprise? Like, he lost for you? No, it didn't fool me, but at the same time, I didn't think about it. It's like, okay, so as a professional TV watcher, <laughs> you see the person, like um, like um, The Sixth Sense and all these other movies when they're not there, but you don't know they're not there. Mm-hmm. And, like, no one else talks to them. You're like, like, you start seeing, like, uh, I'm sorry, <laughs> he's so cute. I, um... The fact that no one acknowledged him wasn't weird because they're in, the, you know, they're at in a stainless they're in an asylum, they're in a hospital, so it doesn't. But at the same time, right, it's a lost twist. I'm like, okay, he's not there. That makes sense. I, like, I was just kind of waiting for it, but yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. This, I gotta say, this episode was pretty straightforward. It had a couple of twists, even though it was it, it, for the most part, it was pretty much straight to the point kind of episode. It gave you a flashback. It gave you some insight. It had a twist. And we'll talk about that later. I'm like, well, aha. But it was still kind of like a, it wasn't, oh my God, kind of flashback. Yeah. <laughs> it was but it gave, I think that flashback. it, yeah, I think that, that's what I was going to say, that I think that it did a good job giving us a lot of, backstory into Hurley and what makes him tick. Yes. All right. 
Are you ready to do the on the island stuff? In the jungle? Yes. <laughs> well, on the island. They stopped saying in the jungle. I feel like it's a, I feel like they did intentionally to keep <sighs> it from singing. Possibly. <laughs> <sighs> on the island. The episode begins at the beach where Hurley is trying to catch up with Libby's walking pace, who has taken upon herself the task of getting him into shape. Hurley, however, is frustrated at his failing efforts and rejects Libby's comforting words, and then asserts that he is sick. Libby asks him to confide in her, so Hurley comes clean and confesses his food problem. He takes Libby to the jungle, where he reveals a stash into which he has been hoarding food from the swan. He expresses his wishes to get rid of it, but apparently he has been unable so far. Libby advises him that change comes by action, and as an encouragement, she holds out to him a jar of ranch dressing. In a brave move, Hurley opens the jar and dumps it on the ground. I and hate Agnes the waste. At this it's just the waste. <laughs> like, it's not like they're not deserting a fucking island and there's like 40 plus miles to feed. Like, you just gonna be like, here. This is the stash. Do something with it. No, you right. fucking duck food. Like, I'm sorry. Enough. Even if it's symbolic, it bothers me. Yeah, I, I I get it. Even not on a deserted island, I would hate to see that. Thank you. I was going to say that too, but I'm like, that's just, like, oh, okay. Hurley and Libby then have an intimate moment before they are interrupted by Jin, Sun, and others running in from the beach to look for something in the jungle. Hurley follows them, only to be shocked by the tons of food boxes from the recent <laughs> supply drop. <laughs> that was funny. Like, no, not again. <laughs> it's like it's stalking him. Which is much larger than what he just wasted. Soon the survivors start fighting for food shares. Before suggesting that Hurley should be in charge, Hurley panics at the suggestion. Then he sees a man in a bathrobe walking away, whom he promptly follows. While searching, Hurley falls on what he discovers to be Dave's slipper. Libby soon catches up with him and praises his strong head for not freaking out at the new food temptation. Hurley, on the other hand, is busy trying to hide Dave's slipper. Meanwhile, in the hatch, Locke recovers from the incident with the blast doors, with the help of Jack and Kate. When they are... Jack examines him and says that he has a fracture... And that they and then they offer him the wheelchair. He like no no wheelchair, and I totally get that. I was like, yeah, I can see where he's like no. Yeah, so they're gonna get him crutches because no wheelchair. Locke comments on the controversy of Henry not using the chance he had during the lockdown to escape, thinking that it was to help him. Jack, however, rejects that and says it was only because he thought his balloon story would check out. It's like these two are constantly at odds. Which two? Jack and Locke. Oh! I, if Jack says the sky is blue, Locke is going to be like, um, actually, it's like purple. You know, no. I, I, I don't think it matters what the, the issue is. I think they just, they just have to go at it. On the other hand, there is a point to be said, though, because as a viewer... What do you think? Like, Locke makes a good point. He could have escaped. He didn't have to help Locke. Um, I hate Jack. 
because he's definitely not a wartime consigliere, but <laughs> he's still not trustworthy. The fact that he could have escaped, especially knowing that he lied about everything, tells me like he's up to no good. There's something there's, there's other he has ulterior motives. Mm-hmm. There's something that we don't know. Um, that's where he's right. Yeah, and, and I we think will this get where. That. And this is what Locke's whole, he still tries to see the best. He doesn't seem like that person. Like on the outside, he doesn't seem like that. Oh, let's get the beautiful dog. That's not his, he doesn't look like that person. He doesn't Mm -hmm. give off that vibe. But he's definitely that, let's give them the benefit of the doubt. Let's give them a second chance. Let's look into the good in people. He has his history. And, And I think that's a juxtaposition on the outward of the character. Yeah, but the last and the last time Locke tried to give somebody benefit of the doubt, he got screwed over. And actually, the last two times because the last two times and they were both with his father. I feel like he's, that's not done yet. I, there's more to well, that story, but I feel like and it, I think the duality of this character of Locke, it's so yin and yang. It is so polar opposite. I feel he's a really developed character in that sense and actually a lot of them are that way there's a duality in most of the characters even I mean, Jack he can't get a break with me I'm sorry like I think his duality is I think it's, some, it's just like I think with him his two parts of his character is just the byproduct of a weakness as opposed to the duality of the person so I don't know I'm going to help I just, I'm just thinking ahead to kind of like how his character arc develops develops and i i just i'm i can't wait to see how prove you me wrong not necessarily i would like to be proved wrong, wrong i would like to be proved just wrong. to see how you feel as that goes that's all um there's still he can do the right let me stop okay. <laughs> i'm just teasing in the armory the situation with the prisoner heats up Saeed and Anna recount to a bound Henry. Actually, the picture that I had posted where we talk about where you mentioned how he looks Jesus, it was actually from this episode. Was it? Because yeah. I didn't even remember it from before. I just remember seeing the picture, the screenshot you took. Yeah, I just, I wanted to I get a saw picture it. of I'm Henry. Like, oh, and I, said, I, didn't, I didn't realize it was from this episode when I posted it, but it was from this episode. I, I yeah. saw that. That's why I was like, I like, oh, well, it still works. It still <laughs> mm-hmm. Saeed and Anna recount to a bound Henry that they had indeed found his balloon. But when they dug up the gravesite of his supposed wife, Jennifer Gale, they discovered a male body, the real Henry Gale, as identified by the contents of his wallet. Inside was the driver's license featuring the real Henry Gale, who is African-American, and a $20 bill with an inscription that indicates that he did not die in his balloon crash. Because... This was a little misleading because that scene, the whole ID stuff happened previous. Yeah. And the twenty dollars bill happened this episode. Yeah. So, but so anyway, go when ahead. they're but when they're talking to him, Henry is saying that actually because they're like, well, since you knew who he was because of the ID, then that would lead us to think that you killed him or you put him in the ground or you know basically you have knowledge. And he's like, no, I was on the search party, and we found him hanging out of the balloon with a broken neck. And that's when Saeed is like... Oh, but wait, there's more. 
So he whips out the $20 bill and starts reading. And he's like, maybe you should have checked his wallet before you told that story. Because I'd love to know. Or I'm, It's yeah. not verbatim. But like, I'd love to know how a man with a broken neck writes a note to his wife. <laughs> I mean, if this wasn't take, if this wasn't aired like ten years before, I'd be like, "Hey, The Walking Dead." But <laughs> well, yeah, and I was like, "Yes, Saeed, go, Saeed." Yes. Every time I have a thought, and you question me, like, hmm, "Interesting," I'm like, "I'm on the right track." Like, <laughs> you think so? I know so. I know so. You gotta tell. I don't understand. What are you talking about, though? Like, a question about what? No, I have, like, a point or a thought about something that's happening. You're like, interesting. Or you question my thought? Like, you think so? I know for damn sure that there are times where I've said that to you and you are not on the right track. That's that's besides the point, though. (laughs) (laughs) Logic is not playing a factor in this game. (laughs) I mean, you could also flip a coin and be right just as many times. That's besides the point. Stop using logic on money. I'm trying to be insane here. Okay, you're right. No, you know you're what, right. You know your it's very interesting that you say that. You know what your problem is? You're what? too fucking sober. Go fix that. Oh. Go. Go. <laughs> Drink her down. <Ooh. laughs> this much. is where, as your friend, I hold your nose closed and make you drink more. <laughs> mm. <laughs> I had to get the COVID test yesterday. Have fun with that. That was um, so bad. The lady who gave it to me was actually very nice, very gentle, but I still have a headache from it. I don't know if that's, like, normal. But, you know, you ever go, like, swimming and then you get, like, water up your nose? Uh-huh. That's how I feel if I've had, if I have water in my nose. Like, I just feel very, like, uncomfortable still. And, I mean, I'm, I don't have any symptoms or anything. It's just protocol because of the surgery. It's preventive testing. So now I, not that I wasn't already basically quarantining, but now I have to quarantine until surgery. Oh, that's kind of, I don't say cool, but you're like, nope, I can be lazy. Nope, I ha- nope, got to be lazy. Sorry. Nope. Uh-huh. Hey, everyone. Lisa here. I want to take a moment to tell you about this really cool travel backpack that I got. It's made by Muslim and it's so cool. As you know, Agnes and I are not in the same state, so we travel to see each other quite frequently. This backpack makes it so easy to do so. The bag has space for everything. When I fly, I don't like to check a bag. This makes it so easy for me to bring everything that I need with me on carry-on, including recording equipment. It has a space for everything. Trust me when I say that if you travel, even if it's just for a road trip, this bag is perfect for you. Go to muslim.com now and use our promo code SASPOD for 20% off of your new bag. Trust me when I say you'll love it. A little off topic. Don't you find that as a female, is someone going down on you? is much more intimate than, like, you giving someone head. Yes. No, I feel you. This is why I think we need a separate podcast or separate episodes. We were talking about Dave. How do we get to sex? Sex and shit. Mm -hmm. Yes. So So, if you're just... 
hearing this part, um, you need to go listen to the unedited audio on Patreon to get the full story. <laughs> Shall we oh. continue? <laughs> back to the episode. Let's get back. Let's get back to let's get off the shit show and get back on the train. And off the dick show, yes. Okay. Never get off the dick show. Right at that bitch. Okay. So, okay, <laughs> go ahead. As soon as Reluctantly, the fake Henry admits that he is indeed an other. But he would be killed if he talks. Bullshit. He al- <laughs> He also makes a comment on the guy with the beard. Whom he says, because he says something about the man in charge and how he's like um, a, a powerful man. And then they ask him if it's the man with the beard. Just gave, like, the, what were they learn? You don't give information. You don't give them something to go on. Like, but that, that's just me. What do I know? And he says that um, the man with the beard is of no, is no, is nobody important compared to him. When Henry says he cannot tell them anything about the others... Saeed threatens him at gunpoint. Henry insists he cannot talk, and Saeed loads the gun. Counts to three, and Henry cries that Saeed can't kill him because he is not a bad person. But he's starting to, like, he's really starting to fall apart at this point. Like, he's visibly shaken. The music? Oh, that's music? I don't know what it is. Like, I feel like, is that the bass I hear? Okay, because all I hear is bass. I don't hear music. I hear boom, boom. Okay. Saeed pulls the trigger, and Ana Lucia, though, intervenes just in time by grabbing his arm, causing the shot to strike the wall, thereby saving Henry's life. Saeed is really losing it since Shannon was cur- since Shannon was murdered, killed, murdered, shot. He's losing his shit. You still don't like Ana Lucia? Like, what was your hatred for her? I told you the last, the last episode, she didn't yeah, like- you said bother you as much, but what no. made you dislike her so much? It's just her demeanor and like her, I, I I fucking know everything and you know shit and I'm I'm a cop and I'm great and you ain't shit and you carrying a TV and I'm gonna shoot your ass like I don't know. <laughs> and I think I feel sorry. I don't feel so. I think I understand where she was coming from because there's no on, si- there was no sign she was like that before she got shot. Yeah, on one hand, yes. It was PTSD. And she should never been on the streets. She should. She should have. I don't think she should never been on the streets. I think she should have. Absolutely, you should. Okay, have, and then uh, at the same the time, picture, you should not have been on the street. Absolutely. When she right went now. back into work, and her mother put her on a desk, and she threw a fucking fit like and a tantrum, like a child. Her mother she should shouldn't. have been her boss and not her fucking mother. And like yeah. either you sit in the death or you or you quit. Like that's the like and mm-hmm. I think the situation I it's one of those situations she, it could have been avoided. And I don't think it's right at all. But at the same time she wasn't one of those gun happy, trigger happy authority, I'm gonna shoot you because I can. I think it was just based on the PT, the PTSD. And I think she should have been helped. She should have gotten the proper help. I don't know. Her mother should like, have kept her on the it. desk. Her mother, like her boss. Let me rephrase that. Her boss right. should have kept her on the desk. Her well, boss should guess... have made her make sure she had the the mental sign off before she came. Like I think it should well, have been she, handled so differently. She had clearance and, to come back, and but she also I knew that like she wasn't ready. She also threatened her mother that if she didn't put her back out in the field, she was going to transfer. 
then transfer them. But I think that the mother... She was acting as a mother, not as a boss. Exactly, because she and knew I, that if she left, she couldn't protect her, and that's her child. And it sucks, I get because it. that's not a good call, but it's not a as good a call. mother... As a mother, the kind of as a boss. So that's why she sent her ass to the safe neighborhood. The safe, and then look what you end up at. I think, uh, so I, I don't hate her as much as if she was one of those malicious people that was just trigger happy. I think I, I would have hated yeah, her if that's who she me. was. Her, her personality. I think I see her a lot. I think her, 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 I wish I was more like the characters she plays in movies and stuff. I want to be more, I want, I want to have less feelings. <laughs> And not give and more give and more not give a fuckness, but my feelings get very hurt very easily, and only the people who know me know that. Yeah. I want to be. And less then when you feeling. put it in like that, I feel like that that kind of is like me. I'm not very like fuck your feelings. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm the superficially nice, and you're the. That's so funny. We're very. We're the yin and the yang of the yang and the yin. Because I am a nice person. But, but you really are. But I'm very good at compartmentalizing things. It takes me so a second. people don't get at my feelings, and only those closest to me will ever truly. <laughs> but those will be the only people who ever know if something is really wrong, because I'd rather just not let on than talk about it. Totally get you. We are so off topic today. Sometimes we just go really good, and sometimes we're like, Three days later, <laughs> we're still recording the same episode. Locke shouts Jack as he is not in the loop and wants to know what is going on. Well, oof, just got like a cramp in my foot. Um, Locke also can't really get over there to see, so he's now he's kind of like relying on Jack. I hate that. Like as a per, I hate relying on people. Like, girl, I would have been like crawling, like. <laughs> At the this is now lost Sass and Sips uh, house party edition. <laughs> I'm totally it's not bothering me, but I'm only doing like the like what is it that they used to do like bang the beat like it's so fucking loud here though. I can imagine. Like I feel it. You're gonna have fun editing. You know how New York walls are. Like <laughs> you know you hear everything. I just had a conversation with my neighbor. My, yeah, never mind. Um. Yeah, I'm sure my neighbors hear a lot, so. I don't like them anyway. It's fine. That's not the one that tried to kill you, right? No. They're they're that way, That's but so they moved. They moved. So, oh, so. I just thought that was the funniest night ever. Like... <laughs> Hey guys, we are here with an update to our scheduling. We just wanted to let you guys know that from Memorial Day to Labor Day, we are going to be going back to every other week publishing schedule. Okay, say something witty here. Witty? Because actually as you're talking, because you kind of, I don't know if this is witty or not, but you sounded very sex kitten when you said hello. You know, I was like, oh. Agnes is at a loss for words, apparently. <laughs> I know, it doesn't happen. This is like a 30-second promo, and you don't have words. But okay, the point is, from Memorial Day to Labor Day, we're going to release our regularly scheduled Lost episodes every other Monday. Maps will still be every two weeks. 
and Spotlight will still be the first of the month. And then after Labor Day, we will go back to Lost being put out every week just so that we can be able to spend a little bit more time with our families and enjoy the summer. So that's it. That was the update. Yeah, no. All right. At the beach, Echo is sawing wood. Charlie approaches him and asks what he is doing, but Echo enlists his help in moving wood without revealing the reason. Back in the jungle, Hurley stumbles on a Dharma box of fish crackers <laughs> on his search for Dave, which he is soon unable to resist opening. While eating, Dave appears to him again and throws coconuts at him. <laughs> After Hurley denounces his existence, Hurley, no, sorry, I'm, I'm like laughing and I'm not reading properly. Get too sober. While eating, Dave appears to him again and throws coconuts at him after Hurley denounces his existence. Hurley runs towards Dave, escaping, and he quickly arrives at the beach where he stops at Echo's construction. He then heads to Sawyer to ask him for clonazepam. Sawyer asks why, and Hurley answers because he sees a bald guy in a bathrobe. Sawyer then mocks Hurley and hints that he is going nuts, which causes Hurley's temper to heat, and soon he attacks him. Yo, this is the best scene in the whole episode. Because <laughs> he goes, he goes, oh, well, like, what do you see? And he goes, the guy in the bathtub, he goes, oh, that guy? And Hurley turns around and he's like, gotcha. And Hurley was like, oh, hell fucking no. and Hurley is beating the fucking tar out of him and like calling him all like the nicknames and shit and everyone around is just watching and getting a good laugh nobody's going to help Sawyer because first of all it's it's Hurley if it was somebody (laughs) else beating their ass I think they would have stopped it but like they're like yo or if Curly was getting his ass beat. But like, right, but like you done was, they were beating up Sawyer. <laughs> like, yo, you done fucked up. You got Hurley beating your ass. Like, you done, you got it all screwed up. Other people on the beach watch, including Sun, who encourages a highly amused Jin to go help break it up. Which he Reluctantly. Does. She's like, <laughs> she even did, she's like, yeah, maybe you should. After the fight, Hurley calls, uh, Sawyer calls Hurley crazy, which Hurley strongly denies. Enraged, Hurley gathers his stuff and decides to go live at the caves, where now no one ha- no one is living anymore, refusing Libby's attempts to talk him out of it. On his way, a jar of peanut butter falls from his bag and opens, which he stops to eat. As he licks some off a rock using a leaf, Dave appears again. After a long talk, Dave convinces Hurley that he is actually still in Santa Rosa Mental Health Institute, but in a coma. He tells him that everything that happened from the moment Hurley locked him out of the Institute, the lottery, the crash, and Libby, were only in his head. Dave then leads him to the top of a massive cliff that falls at a steep angle down to the ocean and tries to convince him to jump off. He then assures him that after he jumps, he will wake up back into his old life. To convince him even further, Dave jumps off first. Back at the Okay, wait. Did you have even the slightest inclination that this could all be Hurley's coma? Um, I thought, okay, this sounds really stupid, but the hallucination, the speak with the hallucination was quite logical. 
<laughs> you know what I mean? It really could have been. And I, um, cause you know what? Could it be him particularly in a coma? I don't know. Could it be something along those lines? Absolutely. Um, cause I'm like, what the fuck? Everything is connected without being connected. Like I told you that's what bothers me about this show. Like there's a, none of it makes sense as far as really what are the odds that every single person that survived is connected to somebody, uh, connected to one another, somebody, some, like yeah. maybe another person on the plane, yeah, six degrees of separation, but everyone survived has a connection with us with the other person. That bothers the fuck out of me. I still think when, they're all dead. I remember when I watched this for the first time, I remember thinking like, wait, yeah, that could make sense. Like, you know. Right, the hallucination is talking sense. That's funny. That's and this is how Lost got you fucked up. You think the hallucination is it's like I should tell you you're fucked up. Mm-hmm. But the end was dead. They're all dead. Anyway, they died in a plane crash. Interesting. Back at the hatch. I hate you. (laughs) Back at the hatch, Locke finally confronts the prisoner, demanding to know why he let himself get caught, thinking it might have been to locate the swan. Henry, however, calls the swan a joke. He also states that even God is unable to see the island. When Locke asks him to elaborate, Henry says that after he crawls through the vent and reached the computer room, he never pushed the button. He says he simply stood there and watched the timer's numbers turn to red hieroglyphs, red hieroglyphics before they reset back to 108 on their own. Locke, however, replies angrily that he is lying. What do you make of that? Uh, the prospect that possibly he didn't do anything. I think it's possible. I think it's 50 I mean, because now this goes back to the whole, well, what happens if you don't press the button? I don't, but, but what drives me crazy is that I don't know if he's lying or not. Um, exactly. So, like, I, I, is it possible? I think it's possible he didn't push it and then nothing happened. And he was like, no, I'm not lying. I'm done lying. Bullshit. I, it's, he could be lying about lying. Like, I don't, at this point, I, it's too much to speculate and it's going to give me a headache. I'm not drunk enough for this. Elsewhere. The traumatized Hurley is watching as Dave falls, when all of a sudden, Libby emerges from the jungle asking him what is wrong. Hurley states to her that all is happening, all that is happening is not real, and is only a comatose dream, including herself. His rationale is that in the real world, no good-looking girl like her would ever like him. He's like, he makes, he makes me have feelings, you know? Libby replies that he is regressing and refuses his claims, noting that her dreadful experience with the tail section survivors, most of whom he didn't meet, must be real. Hurley, however, is about to jump off the cliff when Libby tells him that she likes him. She then moves in towards Hurley and the two share a passionate and tender kiss before she asks him if this was real. Finally, Hurley comes back to his senses and the new couple heads back to camp. Now, he says that he feels like he knows her. And in the last flashback... Which you're going to now. We return to the scene where the Polaroid picture was taken. The camera pans to show an apparently sick Libby at another table, watching Hurley posing for the picture with no one next to him, before accepting her own medication from a nurse. Thus... 
Through Libby's point of view of the scene, we confirm the imaginary nature of Dave. And that is where the episode ends. Very interesting that Libby was... I find it all very interesting. And remember I said that Libby was going to appear in in other flashbacks. Right. So this is another one that's not her... It, it's not her episode, her but, it, but she appears. But, yeah, in she is in a flashback. Which that's surprising because everybody appears in somebody else's yeah. episode flashback. So yeah. that in itself wasn't like okay, yeah. But now I know why you're like she appears. I I also heard that in order to keep that a secret, that the people in the scene weren't like actors; they were like um, like relatives of the director or something to that effect. I might be a little off with the details. Like the person playing Hurley wasn't wasn't Jorge Garcia. Well, I don't, I don't, part, I don't like, know if they were actually shared the scene, meaning right. that like she may not have been in the same scene when he was there, but that when they filmed herself. her part of it, the people in it that wasn't you see weren't any of the actors. They were um, stand-ins. Like, yeah, stand-ins, just in order to keep that part that she was in the institute a secret. That's kind of cool. Mhm. Yeah. Trivia. I wonder, like, did they watch the episode as an air? Like, oh shit! Look, like, like how? <laughs> you know, when you watch like when you watch reality TV shows, yeah. and then we get to the we get to like the reunion, and people are pissed at each other because they actually watched what was being said. So kind of like, hey, did you watch? The- oh shit, motherfucker! Mm-hmm. Did you know what? Say a word. But that's <laughs> possible. I'm just wondering, like, did they ever know? Before the show aired? I have no idea. Hey. That I don't know. Hi, Terry. I guess I had Terry so often. Trivia. Okay. This was the only episode of the entire show to end with the flashback scene until season six. Okay. I'm I'm not going to tell you which one. We'll just go straight to it. We're not going to do them water anymore. Both (laughs) flashbacks were from a different perspective than the episode-centric character. Copy that. In Dr. Brooks's office, you can see behind Hurley a large picture of an island. I saw that. When Hurley is playing Connect Four with Leonard Sims, who is saying the numbers over and over again, Leonard always says the number eight very loud and stern. The number eight is going to be important. But I'm not going to tell you why. Are there eight stations on the island? Are they going to... Oh, shut up. I hate you do that. I can't tell you why. That would ruin something. Oh, there's eight polar bears. <laughs> there are eight parallel universes. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like I'm in the Twilight I really, Zone. I really love the guesses. Keep them coming. Shut up. I'm in the Twilight Zone. Under the threat of being shot... Henry shouts to Saeed, you can't do this. I'm not a bad person. Bullshit. You think he's a bad person? I think he's full of shit. But being a liar doesn't necessarily mean you're a bad person. What if he's lying to protect, I don't know, the bigger picture or... He's too Machiavellian to be innocent. I don't know. Okay. I don't know. I think there's more to it. Ana Lucia stops Saeed from shooting Henry. I thought that was a nice shift I think this island has helped her with it I think killing somebody 
unintentionally, inintentionally, unintentionally, unintentionally has helped with her PTSD, apparently. Like, she did, I felt like, I'm sorry that Shannon had to die. Like, it's, I like Shannon. I and think Shannon like, was starting to to really, like, come into her own. She was, and I felt, like, and that just proves my point that everyone's already dead. But um, I think that was her eye open. that was Andrew's moment, like, oh, shit, I got to, I, I have to work on myself. I had to fix something. I need to, there's stuff that I need to fix. I need to work on. At the end of the episode, when they're speaking, her, like Hurley and Libby, I think she says, like, remember when you said that I looked familiar? Do you think she realizes where she knew him from? I think so. Oh, I don't know. I think so. Oh, I, I think so, too. Yeah. Do you think she's actually a psychologist? Psychologist? A psychologist, therapist, or do you think, or do you think maybe she just knows because she spent time in the mental ward? I think it's possible she might have been one. Mm-hmm. Just because you are a, a, a medical professional doesn't mean you don't need mental health. Absolutely, this doesn't mean. What do you think so. she was in for? No idea. Oh come on, just take a fungus. Um, she saw herself. Oh, she's she she's she. she she was sitting at the plane, and she saw the plane explode, and she got off the plane. The final destination. <laughs> but okay. I, like, she saw her, she saw the, she knew she was going to die in a plane crash. I don't know. <laughs> Ow. In the flashbacks, we see that Hurley struggles against changing, Right? He's, he basically wants to stay the same. But on the island, he's struggling to actually change. So it's a, it's a shift in his outlook. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Interesting. Very and then Dave says, see you in another life, Hurley. Which is like Desmond's phrase. I caught like, that. See yeah. you in another life, brother. Why does he say that? I feel like there's something behind. I think that's been bothering. Okay, no, okay. So a couple of things. Who Desmond or Dave? Desmond? Desmond. I feel like there's more. Like people have phrases that they always say. See another life. Like I feel like with Lost, there's more to it. I don't know. And then refresh my memory. Remember he said he was going back to the caves because no one else lives. Why don't they live in the caves anymore? What happened? Did something happen? They just the hatch. But people and still like, don't live in the was- hatch. They, they, they move from the that caves like the, to the beach. Like, that yeah. didn't make sense. I feel like yeah. I missed something. No, it just did decide. Because no. not like they move to the hatch. They After, work at the hatch. Like, you know yeah, what I mean? No. They have... After they found the hatch that night where they're like, oh, they're coming to take the boy or whatever. And everybody was, like, trying to hide in the caves. That was, like, the last time anybody was in the caves. But there was really no explanation. Okay, I just thought it was me. I was like, did something happen that I missed? Mm-hmm. Did they ever explain it? Or that's just one of the things that they... Okay. Yeah, no. We see Locke looking at his foot the same way we saw in, like, the first couple of episodes. Like, right after the crash, it's a very similar scene with him and his foot. Because you're looking at your body like it's not part of your body anymore. And for whatever reason, it's not working the way it's supposed to, it's not working the way it was in the first episodes. It's, in his case, it's working. Mm-hmm. 
And I was like, he's looking at his appendages like, I think he's, maybe because I just feel it myself, like you're willing your body to do what it's supposed to do. And you're telling it like, get your shit together. Like you're looking at your, like, because I, I, I do it myself quite often. Like you're like, don't make me have to. Fucking problems. And like, you got to tell your body to, to get his shit together. Don't lose his mind. So the title of the episode is Dave, That's which pretty self-explanatory, right? Like just his imaginary friend who happened to be off the island and then on the island, but I don't really well, see any other. Well, if you're hallucinating, other... I mean, if you're hallucinating, you can hallucinate no matter where you're at. Yeah, no, but he, remember, he he started to think maybe he wasn't imaginary. I mean, but we know he is. Yeah, or he is. do we? No, oh, he, no um, yeah, I know. he is. It's like, we know, so it's like him... Like what? Are the, like because remember they use Libby to prove the point for when she's still, watching and he's he's not there. But even then, you're like, dude, like when they get to the island parts, like we know he's not there. We know he's like, he wasn't on the island. No, you know he wasn't on the plane. You know he's you know he's not real. As a watcher, and you see him, I and you first watching the episode, you're like, okay, Dave really did exist, but he's not on the island. You know that he's not on the fucking island. I have a theory, but I can't quite. Don't, don't. Because I'm just as you're watching, you're like, okay, guy in the fucking pajamas. Like, out of nowhere. Like, he's not the fucking island. You, so I think at first you assume he's someone from his past that he's hallucinating now. And then as you're like, oh, he's not really there. Okay, that makes sense too. Anything else before we wrap it up? No, not for this episode. Any any new um, insights on Hurley or anything? Um, no. I think Hurley's flashbacks are uh, informative flashbacks. They kind of straight to the point and they give you some information. So. Do you feel any different about him now? No, I still like the dude. I, I think it's sweet with him and Libby. I love those two. I like I where this is have, going. Well, I, I like I like the idea up. of of them together. I love love. I don't think it's meant for me, but I love everybody else to be in love. Next time, we're going to get a Rose and Bernard episode. Next time on the shit show that is our podcast. Um, what do you think about Rose and Bernard? I don't... Going into this episode, I'm like, I... I I don't foresee anything. I don't see any oh shit moments. Mm-hmm. I I I think it's one another informational flashbacks, like okay. informative, just to give you like here's some background on these two. I don't foresee it to be like oh what the fuck they did what. If it does happen, I'll be pleasantly surprised. Okay. Um, I won't be mad at it, but I think it's just gonna be like hey, here's some information on these two. And they're cute. They're like an old little married. Like they're like the, they, they, their relationship. You watch them interact. Like they definitely love each other, and it's been like a hundred year marriage. Like you get that. Like they are on. They connect. They mm-hmm. know each other quite well. So, stay tuned for next time when we will talk about SOS, which, as we said, is a Rose and Bernard flashback episode. And in the meantime. If you'd like to support this show, we can be found at patreon.com sasspod. You can find us on social media. 
and you can email us or get in touch with us using our phone number. All of our information is in the show notes, so please go check it out. Other ways to support the show are to tell your friends or to use our promo codes and show our sponsors some love. So go do that and come back next time. And don't drink and drive. Always drink responsibly. You could also rate, review, and subscribe to our podcast because that helps. And until next time, I'm Lisa. And I'm Agnes. And we are out of here. Peace. We out.